Hello, this is Julian Gurdon from sccenglish.ie, the blog of the English Department of St. Columbus College in Dublin in Ireland. This is our 28th podcast, and it's the third one revising the play Hamlet leading up to the Leaving Certificate in June. The first two gathered a series of audio boos of short talks about 10 characters in the play. The purpose of these podcasts really is to freshen up your thought and make you revisit the play as you face your exam. Shakespeare's four great tragedies all open in uncertainty and discomfort. In Macbeth, three weird figures of rather indeterminate gender speak in riddles. In Othello, two men mutter in a Venetian street, one telling the other of his contempt for his boss, and then the two rouse the house of a respected senator. In King Lear, Two noblemen discuss how the aged king is favouring one duke over another, following which the said king appallingly divides his own kingdom. And so to Hamlet, and the subject of this talk, its first scene. We are on the misty battlements of Elsinore Castle just after midnight. A guard called Barnardo, coming on duty, nervously calls out, Who's there? And the man who is already on duty, and is about to be relieved, Francisco retorts, Nay, answer me. Stand and unfold yourself. Because it's his job to ask who's there. Barnardo has got it the wrong way round. In that brief, nervous exchange, the tone of the play is set. Things are not right. A few lines later, Francisco says he is glad to get off duty. For this relief, much thanks. Tis bitter cold, and I am sick at heart. So it's not just the cold that has discomforted him. In the first two lines of the play, we also see some of the central themes prefigured. Who's there? In other words, who are you? Identity will be at the heart of this story. Just who or what is Hamlet? Is he really a revenger? Is he truly a prince of Denmark? By the end of the play, he can state firmly this is I, Hamlet the Dane. But this is only after much questioning. And this play is full of questions of all sorts, most famously in that rather well-known line starting to be or not to be. The second line is also suggestive. Stand and unfold yourself. Again, identity. Who are you? Reveal yourself for what you truly are. And this is a story which really will reveal the truth about people and show how they behave in the most extreme of circumstances. We will see the core of many characters, Claudius's evil, Ophelia's fragility, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern's shallowness, Polonius's self-serving foolishness, Horatio's solid decency. It is a play which will unfold the full variety and range of human character and in which, eventually, everyone will be seen for what he or she truly is. The men are then joined by Horatio and Marcellus. The unease continues. Bernardo asks, What is Horatio there? and receives the rather unenthusiastic reply, A piece of him. This is crystallised by Marcellus's, What has this thing appeared again tonight? He says that he has invited the sceptical Horatio along, who will not let belief take hold of him, touching this dreaded sight twice seen of us. 
nothing is certain. When the ghost does appear, a few lines later, its identity is still uncertain. It looks like the king that's dead, but it may be usurping this time of night, together with that fair and warlike form in which the majesty of buried Denmark did sometimes march. Usurp is another charged and significant word. It means to take what is not rightfully yours. And of course it is Claudius who is the true usurper. Horatio surely speaks for them all when he states that, in the gross and scope of my opinion, this bodes some strange eruption to our state. Marcellus asks him to tell them why this strict and most observant watch so nightly toils the subject of the land, and why the shipwrights do not divide the Sunday from the week and make the night joint labourer with the day. In other words, why is everything abnormal? Why is everything topsy-turvy? Horatio's long speech, mostly for the benefit of the audience, reminds the men of the story of the older Fortinbras and introduces the central theme of the play. The younger Fortinbras is seeking revenge for his father's defeat and death and has sharked up a list of lawless resolutes to challenge Denmark. This is the source of this post-haste and rummage in the land. So Denmark, just like Scotland in Macbeth and Venice in Othello, is facing a real and imminent external threat. Just like those two plays, it turns out that the true threat is internal, from Macbeth himself and Iago's evil plotting in Othello. Barnardo calls the ghost a portentous figure, and throughout this scene we are very much aware that the portent is a bad one. Horatio backs this up with his talk of Rome when Julius Caesar was assassinated. There were terrible harbingers, and nature itself was in turmoil. The sheeted dead were roaming the streets of the city. When the ghost reappears, Horatio attempts to ask it about thy country's fate, which happily foreknowing may avoid. Well, if only. At the end of the scene, the ghost disappears like a guilty thing upon a fearful summons, because the cock has crowed and dawn is coming. A trick by Shakespeare. Ten minutes ago it was midnight. And Horatio goes off to tell Hamlet what they've seen. And then, in the second scene, we get what might be regarded as a more conventional first one. The court meeting in formal session, presided over by the king. He, Claudius, seems confident, eloquent, efficient and in full control. But we, as an audience, are still thinking about dr that dramatic opening scene. This appears in Macbeth too. Its opening scene presents us with three weird women chanting semi-obscure sentences. Our first feeling is unease. We can't listen to Claudius without being very much aware that his predecessor is rumoured to be haunting the battlements of the castle. So this opening scene sets up a lot of this enormous play, which is full of unforgettable characters and dramatic scenes. It's all here already. Identity, questioning, revenge. A country teetering 
on the edge of chaos. This has been Julian Gerdham from the English Department of St Columbus College in Dublin in Ireland. Look at our blog www.sccenglish.ie for more. And over the next three or four weeks, there will be more podcasts revising the play Hamlet. <laughs>